Non-rock-a-boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? You're delusional. Delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yeah! Oh! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go in the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got, yeah. I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when no. they're not. Take an amazing journey to a place that will blow your mind and move your heart so you will never be the same again. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. That is Galatians 5-1. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Apologia Radio. This is, uh, I guess we had a mashup last week, and I guess we're going to do another different mashup this week. So we'll just call it Provoked Apologia Radio mashup with it, half of Provoked. It could technically be a Provoked Sheologian oh, and Apologia three. Radio. It's a try-up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's move on. Try it. So, uh, I'm a right. I have Pastor Zach Morgan with a really cool shirt on. Yeah. One of my best friends gave me this Aww. shirt. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. And on my left, we have Joy the, the Girl Hello. from Sheologians and also Apology Radio. Mm-hmm. But not provoked. But not provoked. <laughs> Pastor Jeff is somewhere. I don't know. If, is he even, Hopefully. is he still at the airport? Did he? I don't even know. He uh, was in Colorado. He was in Denver. They were. They was able. They. They was able. He was able to uh, um, speak uh, at the Colorado House, I believe, session last night for a, a equal protection bill that we have helped put in there in in Colorado. And he was there from like eleven forty five a.m. till midnight yeah somewhere around there i think he finally got to speak and then he was sending his videos and it was all kinds of snow and i know how he is with snow so he probably didn't handle it very good <laughs> but uh all that to say he then was supposed to have left <laughs> supposed to have gotten back at 11 30 this morning and then he was messaging us and his flight got delayed twice so oh, i don't even snow. know well no actually i think there's mechanical oh. issues who knows so i don't even know he so might good. walk in in the middle of this i don't know he somewhere yeah but, but she's uh, just still in transit yep so uh very exciting stuff though we have the that bill going into colorado and actually we have the rally there on april 2nd um you can watch for that on we'll be sharing it on in abortion now and and on all of our threads and stuff our pages i mean so you can you can uh look for that please come if you're in colorado at all come support that bill representative dave williams who is awesome zach and i have met with him he's a great great dude um so you can come support that and action for life as well will be there with dennis sarfate 
Jack Lautenschlager. So good time. So we have that coming. Oh, it's South Carolina's next week. Yeah. So we have the rally next week in South Carolina, Colorado, April 2nd. And then Louisiana actually got moved to April 30th. So we'll be there April 30th for that bill in Louisiana. So you can come support us. Please do. We need all the support we can get. But all that to say, I'm very excited to get our next, or our guest on, I should say, this week, who we've had on before and has become a good friend of ours and has an epic beard. Um, so, Davis Yount, what's up, brother? Welcome back. Hey, guys. Good to be here. So, if you saw the last show we had with Davis, he, as a lawyer working with our 501c3, Stand With Warriors, is the group we started to uh, help our um, brothers and sisters in the armed forces. Start Started with the SEALs specifically um, that are being forced to take the vaccine. And so we're going to get an update from Davis today. Pastor Zach actually also sits on the board of Stand With Warriors. I don't even know what your title is. I forget. Emperor, emperor, yeah, something, <laughs> something cool like that. I think that's officially what we made it. Yeah, yeah it was the emperor. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> Dave, uh, fill us in, man. There's, a, I know some really uh, favorable things happening, some positive things um, since we had you on last. So, let us know what's going on, and we'll just get into it. Yeah, it sounds good. And I, I wanted to start with talking about where we were. So. When you and I met the first time and we were in a room with those Navy SEALs, what we were facing and I was facing as a military member was the threat of court-martial. Um, we've come a long way since then. Some very good things have happened because of organizations like Stand With Warriors, because of the work you're doing, getting this information out to the public. Congress acted and they changed the National Defense Authorization Act so that court-martial isn't the threat anymore for most military members. It's different. And there's also some good things that are happening in the courts. And there's a, a few different cases that I want to highlight. The Texas case um, being run by First Liberty Institute, Mike Berry, who's a, a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps, uh, got an injunction for 35 Navy SEALs there. Um, and then we have Liberty Council, who has gotten an injunction for two military members in the Florida case. And then in the Southern District of Georgia, we have another attorney that got an injunction for a single um, Air Force Lieutenant Colonel. So in each of those cases, what has stayed the same is that the judges are seeing what the military has done so far as just political theater. Um, judges have called it a ruse. They've called it political theater. That's what it's been so far, specifically with regard to religious accommodations and the military, the DOD, DOJ um, and their filings in those cases has just been ignoring the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. They have been doing blanket denials for military members, ignoring religious freedom. So um, we are right in the middle of the fight still. We've had some great momentum. We've had some good political victories, some good court victories, but we are kind of in the, in the heat of this fight because even though we're getting this relief, we still have every day military members being discharged because of their religious faith. So that's, I guess that's the place to start. Hmm. So I know you mentioned a couple of those court cases. Um, when do you expect some of those uh, judgments to come? I know, and maybe get into that a little bit more, because I know there's been some, again, positive things that have happened, and I've had to ask you, hey, Davis, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm like, right. you're like sharing, be like, hey, this is good. And I'm like, cool, what does that mean? So uh, for us <laughs> non-lawyer types. Right. So we'll, we'll start with the, the Texas case first. The Texas case, uh, First Liberty Institute, Mike Berry, they brought that case on behalf of 35 Navy SEALs 
Um, and what they were able to get from Judge O'Connor in that case was an injunction as applied to those Navy SEALs, um, those specific individuals on the basis that the, the, the DOD and the DOJ were ignoring the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and they were just denying um, religious freedom applications exemptions from this vaccine um, without consideration for religious faith and without really any consideration for mission impact or alternative mitigating factors, right? So not to get too far into the law, but that was the first case that broke. More important to me in that case was the judge's rationale. The judge made it very clear that the DOD and the DOJ were not following the law when it comes to standard accepted practices for religious accommodations. Uh, that case, as it moves forward, they will seek an injunction that applies to all Navy. So mm -hmm. the next news we can hope for out of that case is an injunction that applies to all Navy. Um, and again, I will say, you know, praise God for things that happened in that case. I got connected to a, a Navy lieutenant commander who was able to provide whistleblower information to the attorneys in that case. We were able to get them in their hands. They were able to use that information and it's documentation that proved the Navy had a 52 step plan to deny all religious accommodation wow. requests. So it was really like a flow chart, but all of the answers get to no. So it wasn't a choose your own adventure where some <laughs> at some point you can get to a yes. The fix was in and the answer was going to be no in that case. So that was huge. Um, and then uh, Liberty Council, the Florida case, a little bit of a different posture. From the beginning, Liberty Council has been trying to get class certification, meaning they're trying to get a class action that will cover all military members. Mm. So that's what they're going for. That's going to take a little more time, but what they've been able to do, um, the judge originally set the deadline for a hearing in that case for September, September of 2022. Wow. By that point, it's going to be too late for most of us. Most of my clients, it's going to be too late, but they were able to move up that deadline by showing the judge in that case asked for numbers, asked for raw data of what was happening with these religious accommodations. So we were able to get a hearing, two military members testified, um, a lot of my clients put in declarations for that case, and now we're in a situation where we're waiting. Could happen today, could happen tomorrow, could happen early next week, but we could see a, an injunction for all of DOD, all military members in that case. It, it could happen very soon. So that's definitely a big thing to pray for. So say that that injunction happens, then essentially it's just back to work like nothing ever happened, or what would be the outcome of that? So what that would do is it would stop what they what we specifically asked for with Liberty Council in that case is stop all adverse actions, because what's happening right now to my clients and military members is uh, those with uh, very little time in that don't have a right to due process are just getting kicked out. They're just being pushed out, typically with an honorable discharge, but they're out of a job out on the street, if you will. Those that are entitled to a board. So your, your officers, your folks with more than six years in a lot of our, our SEAL friends are in a position where. Um, if their appeal is denied, and so far all of our clients have had their appeals denied, then they have five days to get the shot. If they don't get the shot, then they're facing disciplinary action um, and then administrative separation through a board process. So if we can get this injunction granted, it will stop the discharges and it will stop adverse actions. And then part of the litigation will be to uh, us to get information to Liberty Council on what else the judge needs to do to make people whole. So there's a lot of different negative things, discriminatory things that have happened to, to our clients um, that we're still fighting every day, but hopefully that injunction in Florida would put a stop to some of that. Yeah. Amen. Well, you guys, please be praying for that. 
and I know just just from a pastoral perspective, I know Davis, you and I have talked about this a little bit. Um, what makes it difficult? I don't. I don't think people really understand what's happening with the guys that are just sitting right now. <laughs> like, and we right. saw the numbers recently, right? It's been pretty consistent from the beginning. It's about twenty five percent military wide saying I'm not getting poked, and and so like they're just a lot of them are just sitting. They're not. They've been pulled out of their platoons. They're, you know, they're literally just sitting there, just working out every day, basically doing nothing. But they're, you know, some of the guys that we work directly with that we know very well are like, I don't know, like they're trying to make plans for the future, expecting to get fired, but they may not, you know. And so they're literally just in limbo and have been for months now, and it's crazy. It's just insane that they're putting our guys, our guys through this. Yeah, and I I would just say that's the piece I think that's if you're if you don't have experience in the military it can be hard to understand. But if you take Navy SEALs, I mean those guys are used to intense training yeah. every day. You're either deploying, uh, coming back from a deployment, you know, getting a specific skill set and upgrading your training and knowledge, or you're training for a specific deployment. So you know our guys have been just not being able to do those things. So they've been working out, trying to stay in shape, trying to stay sharp, but they haven't been in that training. So that's huge. That has an impact on everything. I mean, I have a, I have a client that's a chaplain um, that has been sitting in a hotel room with his family, his wife's seven months pregnant. They have a dog. They're sitting in a hotel room because the Navy won't let him PCS without a vaccine. They won't let him move to a permanent duty station without his vaccine. So he's been there for months. He's paying out of pocket for his hotel. He may or may not get reimbursed. And, and now it's to the point where if we don't get him moved by early March, then they're going to have the baby in the hotel. Like they're just still going to be living out oh of the hotel goodness. when they have the kids. So, so one of the things, you know, there's a lot of different things that have happened from the beginning that, you know, to us, we look at it and see it as discriminatory and, and really without good reason. Um, and it's not what's supposed to happen. Once you submit a religious accommodation in the military, you're not supposed to be punished for that. You're supposed to be treated the same as everyone else. If it involves a vaccine, mitigating factors, um, the same things that were done throughout the pandemic can be used. Almost everybody in the military has natural immunity now, which yeah. isn't something that the military is taking into consideration. So it's it's been hard um, for the guys. It's still hard for for a lot of the folks were, even if they're not my clients, you know, this, we're just trying to pastor them through this. We're yeah. trying to shepherd them through this, trying to be supportive of their families. So yeah, totally. there's a lot, man. It's a lot. Yeah. And so, I mean, just practically speaking, we just briefly discussed this before we started the show. Um, you know, someone just asked in the chat channel, if we're going to get into the Ukraine situation, I'm, I'm not even going to attempt to get into that today. Cause I'm not really sure what's going on, but this is why this is important. Um, practically speaking like if our government decides to get involved in that situation which i'm hoping they don't but if they do 25 percent of our military is sitting there right now um that leaves us in a really bad spot uh you know and it leaves us vulnerable and uh it's not a good situation to be in so i mean that's why that's just one reason why this is so important um, were you going to say something? No, I was just, oh. it's just crazy because you think the powers that be, you know, the the uh, head honchos would understand that this really affects our military readiness, like yeah. the capability. If the guys are just sitting on their, their butts and they're used to being in really intense training, I mean, these guys are, if, if they are being weakened at the, at the uh, level of 25% of personnel, 
then that's just weakening our government or yeah. our military in all branches. So I just don't understand how the powers at be, you know, the, the, um, you know, the leaders in all this, I can't think of the term right now. Why aren't they seeing this? I mean, why is this acceptable? Why weaken yeah. our military in, in, in all branches? I just don't understand how they can't see through this. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I think they probably can, but that's, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. Davis, you're nodding. Did you want to add anything to that? Well, what I was going to say is, you know, you and I remember uh, that was one of the biggest concerns for my clients from the beginning yeah. was military readiness on this. We're talking about a huge percentage of, of Navy SEALs that are out of, out of the rotation, out of the training rotation. And that means they're out of the rotation to get ready to deploy. Right. Um, the other thing, you know, just the biggest example I have is, you know, I have fighter pilots that I'm representing. Mm. And if you just think in terms of the Navy, right? So think of someone who flies a Hornet, an F-18 Hornet for the Navy. To be a qualified, fully qualified, fully effective pilot, you know, taking off, landing on a character and engaging in conflicts like the one with Ukraine, you're talking seven years. You're talking seven years yeah. in the pipeline yeah. to get that individual trained and ready to go to be effective in a real world situation and to be trusted. And so we have, you know, there's, I have a, there's a ton of pilots, you know, that are now out of training, out of the cycle, out of the deployment cycle. And again, almost all of them have natural immunity. That's what's so hard. That's yeah. why this feels, you know, it feels political or dare I even say spiritual. I mean, it feels oh, sure. depressing to think that this is the position that, that the military bureaucracy is going to take on this. And, you know, my clients see that, you know, they, they've seen it coming with other trainings and other things that have been coming in the military with regard yeah. to religious freedom for a while. But this just feels like a culmination of putting politics ahead of not just religious freedom, but really military readiness. Yeah, absolutely. It seems crazy. It seems crazy. That's a great point. And would you say the pilots are about 25% as well? Is that about the same Man, it's, it's hard to know. Um, what you see is the Navy did a very good job of, of really coercing people to get this uh, vaccine. Yeah. Um, and the Navy has been by far the worst when it comes to coercion. So, you know, once, once this uh, really kicked off, even before the mandate, the Navy was not allowing people to go to church. Mm. Um, they were not vaccinated. You know, one of the attorneys that's been working with us resigned from the Navy at 18 years as a JAG because the Navy wouldn't let him go to church wow. um, without the vaccination. He just walked away, um, even, you know, from a retirement, from an active duty retirement at that point, because that was the last straw. And he was a JAG and he's like, I'm not, this is unlawful. This is wrong. I'm not going to do it. So um, the Navy has been more successful in some respects where they're not successful are groups of people like the Navy SEALs. Um, and with the elite fighter pilots and a lot of senior officers, because those are the people that are in a position to take a stand. You know, the beginning of all of this, one of the biggest concerns we had was people felt isolated. Mm. You know, we had people who were thinking, hey, I'm the only one or I'm only one of two or three in my unit organization. But because we were able to get the word out, you know, you're still looking at between 30 and 50,000 military members yeah. that are um, still in and still waiting to hear on their vaccination status. So it's, um, that's, it is a significant percentage. And part of that's why the DOD doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And we were talking about this a little bit before we came on, but what is the off-ramp for the DOD? Now that they've started discharging people, 
and federal judges, at least three, are saying, you're doing this illegally, you're doing this wrong. The DOD has, you know, my clients see the DOD is in a very difficult position yeah. now if, if something doesn't change soon. Yeah. Um, so this is going to have to be corrected. This is going to be a mess for a while, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you and you mentioned earlier about, um, I guess, kind of making the situation whole for individuals even. What is that kind of, I'm sure that there's kind of a spectrum mm. of things, but what does that look like? Right. There, there's a spectrum of things. So there's sort of the immediate, which is stop, sp stop punishing people, stop denying uh, religious accommodation requests unlawfully, start recognizing medical exemptions fairly, start recognizing natural immunity. That's part of it. Um, but the other thing that it's going to take, quite frankly, is it's probably going to take um, federal legislation at this point to um, change the way things are happening. So the, the federal judges can put a stop to things. But there is legislation that's out there. Chip Roy, Congressman Chip Roy, has introduced legislation that is designed to restore benefits and everything yeah. else to military members. So how it worked, it was say, if, if you choose to be, you can be fully restated, restored in the military with back pay, back to the status you were before you were kicked out over the vaccine. And it would also stop funding for the military to enforce the vaccine mandate. So um, Congress sadly could have acted before they approved um, the last continuing re uh, resolution to stop um, this issue with the mandate, but they would have had to stop, shut down the federal government at least for 24, 48 hour period to do that. Hmm. But as we come back, there'll be another vote on a continuing resolution coming up soon. Um, and you know, conservatives like Chip Roy and others are pushing. We had 46 uh, Republican senators vote to to stop this mandate at the deadline for the last continuing resolution. So public pressure is huge right now. Yeah, it's not just donating to groups like Stand with Warriors. It's not just getting involved there. It's it's pressure on Congress. Yep. Um, there were four Republicans that left town rather than vote to stop that. Um, and to stop the mandate. So probably important to learn who, the, who those are yep. and contact their offices and, and put some pressure on them right. because um, that's that's a big deal. That would be huge for my clients if pressure was were put on those four Republicans who just left town rather than staying for that vote. Yeah, that's such an excellent, excellent point. That's one thing we've been trying to do with Action for Life and Red State Reform is to put that same kind of pressure. Um, politicians, the... <laughs> They'll be as they'll be honest as long as uh, there's pressure on them to be right. So if there's no pressure on, they're just gonna they're just gonna do whatever they want to do. And um, and so that's yeah. Uh, I think actually through through our through Sam with the Warriors website, there's there's uh, some links there you can, to help you contact your, your legislators and and yeah, find out. Um, I didn't even know that Davis. I completely missed that. So um, right. Yeah, that's huge. Um, if if you if one of your legislators uh, is one of those guys, or or even if they even if they have been doing the right thing, like you can call them and email them and give them support because um, they're going to respond to their constituents. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. That's that's excellent. Uh, anything yeah. else on that point? Okay, so um, I saw you nodding your head, so I didn't know if you wanted to say something. Um, <laughs> So this, I think, is a good time to segue then because we just brought up religious freedom and religious liberties. Like, obviously, that's what this is, a lot of this, and, uh, the you know, where it stems from. Um, and <laughs> I, I'm i just – I'm thinking of Canada right now all, all day. I know we were going to talk about this. And uh, 
this is why religious freedom is so important because then you become Canada <laughs> or Australia. Uh, That's right. You know, and like I just, I just had a call today. Uh, sorry to all the Canadian sorry all of Australian our Australian listeners, yeah. but you know, it's true. Well, I mean, <laughs> we've we've talked about this. I we have people all the time messages from can or from Australia specifically, and they're like, "What do we do?" And we're like, "Leave." Yeah. Like I don't know what else to tell you right now. Like it's bad. Uh, yeah. And I know like there's been a lot of. I, I just talked to Gabe Wrench, who I know you know, Davis, on the way here, and uh, he was, you know, there's been a bunch of pastors in Canada that have been standing strong through all, all this tyranny up there and, you know, trying to fight for Canada, and a bunch of them now are like, we got to get out of here. And so, you know, I had just had a conversation with Gabe about trying to help some of these guys get out of Canada because it's it's bad and and they're you know even with the 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 convoy and all that he just told gabe just told me i didn't know this uh um the government in canada is putting pressure on the banks so anyone who donated Mm -hmm. to this convoy they've suspended their bank accounts yeah that's nuts you know but that's where you end up if you don't promote religious freedom (laughs) religious liberty um you end up with full on tyranny and having to escape your country with your life. And our Navy SEALs, I mean, these guys that we met with, you heard that over and over yeah. again. I know you you did and I did. I mean, that why why are you guys taking this stand? We asked that question. Why? You know, we're trying to figure that out both spiritually and just to understand these men. And they're like, if we're Navy SEALs who swear an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And we're not willing to take a stand when we see tyranny and we see, you know, the very idea that the government can can shut down churches, shut down chaplains and can dictate to people medical treatments they receive, like with no regard for for religion. Like what's next? If we don't take a stand, who will? Mm. Um, that's really motivated these guys. And I think, you know, there are people that push back and, oh, you get a lot of shots in the military. Why wouldn't you just get the shot? Or are you scared of a shot? You know, for our guys, you know this. Yeah. They've gotten the shots, but none has ever been like this. And there's so many differences between this vaccine and others. But the the other thing that's been scary is the military and society as a whole have treated this vaccine completely differently. All the rules, all the legal regulations, all the exemptions that apply to other vaccines that, you know, I've gotten exemptions for medical reasons, things like that from other vaccines. They don't apply for this. The only medical exemption you're really going to get, truly going to get, is if you have an adverse reaction to the first shot. If it damages you so severely that it might kill you to get the next one, then they will, you know, then they will let you off the hook. And that doesn't even go into, um, you know, the other the other ways they've handled this. But um, absolutely, we have to stand strong on these issues. Um, And, you know, our military has led the way on this. These Navy SEALs have led the way on this. So praise God for that. Yeah. Plus, if you already had an adverse reaction, then you're probably undeployable anyways. (laughs) So they're like, right. now you get the exemption. Well, I can't even do anything now because my heart's jacked up. Like, it's so it's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Did you just you said that just now that you've you are you've received religious exemption on other vaccines in the past? I haven't I haven't received a religious exemption uh, for other vaccines. I have received medical exemptions. Oh yeah, that's uh, what. Okay, easily from other vaccines. Okay. But I we have clients that have received um, religious exemptions, not in the Navy, in the other services for vaccines. That's. Huh. That's not new. That's not new. It's just been, it's never been impossible until this vaccine. That's, that's such a great point. I, I had completely missed that too. Cause 
um, you know, that's what makes us even more atrocious is because, you know, most people are like, well, you just get all the vaccines. What's the problem? You know, and it's like, well, no, this has been a conversation. This is something that's been ongoing, you know, that people have received exemptions for. So that's that's a super, super important point right there. Um, so um, I completely lost what I was going to say. Anybody jump in? I completely lost it. It's gone. I'm reaching for it and it's gone. Yeah, you just have to ask yourself like the why question because <clears throat> this ultimately is a spiritual issue that we just can't yeah. get. I mean, that's how we make sense of all this. And <clears throat> all throughout church history, you know, when tyrants flex their muscles and we do not push back, it only creates more oppression and yeah. you know, more enslavement. So this is the right thing to do. It's just the painful thing to do. I mean, you take the Canada and the Australian situation, even though there is a tiny majority of people pushing back, it's really got to be more of a major issue, especially Christians. You know, this is this is how we've held back the forces of darkness yeah. all throughout. Again, church history is saying, no, Jesus is king. Nobody else is coming into his territory to tell me how I need to worship. And that's just yeah. the way it is. But if we cower as Christians... If we don't push back and say, no, Jesus is king, you have no jurisdictional authority to come into the church to tell us how we are to worship. This is a religious issue. That's why I'm getting, I'm not getting the jab. If we don't push back, it, it's just going to get worse. And that's the greatest deception for people who just timidly cower and think, you know what, I'm just going to go along with it. Think that it's going to go back to a place of normalcy. It's just not, you're tempted to think that, you know, if, if only I would comply and submit then yeah. i just want to get back to a place where nobody's bugging me i'm making the money i want to make and everything's going back to normal yeah in history that never ever exactly happens. it was ground yeah. taken for a reason exactly it's a step forward and then there'll be another step like you don't the government's not just going to see like oh we'll just violate your rights one time right. and then go back to right. normal the point of it is to say how how far can we go yeah. Yeah. It's just a lust for power. And right. that just comes straight out of our sinfulness or depravity. You know, for people who have it all, they just want more power and more power. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's been through the ages with a very real enemy behind all of it, subjugating. And that's what he wants to do to destroy everybody, you know, created in the image of God. That's his end game. Um, and he's, people are puppeted. That's what Jesus said in John chapter eight. You know, you do the works of your father, the devil, mm -hmm. and they're puppeted ultimately by him. Um, but you have to incorporate the spiritual biblical aspect of it for it to make sense because it just doesn't. You know, yeah. like, why? Why? This is not just a national issue. This is a global issue. Yeah. How are you know? It seems like everybody's in cahoots, but everybody are they're tied together based upon their own depravity, their own unregenerate state. Yeah. Um, I remember what I was going to say. So thank you for reminding me. I don't know if you even did, but I remembered. So um, <laughs> going back to what you were saying, Davis, about our guys there in Virginia, <clears throat> I know. I know one thing, you know, Pastor Jeff and I, when we were going out there to meet with the guys, you know, we were going out there with the intention of we want to encourage these guys, you know, best we can to stay strong and keep fighting. And, like, we came away, and I'm sure you were the same, Davis, we came away just like we were encouraged, like we were fired up to fight, you know, um, because like you were saying, you know, we've, we've often viewed – are you know these guys in our military as the last line of defense against tyranny because um you know if the government takes complete tyrannical control over the military you know there's no one left to defend us right so well, so these yeah. guys are like no like we're i mean 
you were there. You heard one of them specifically say, like, I'm willing to um, be martyred. I'm willing to have my career martyred in order to defend the liberties and freedom of our people and to, you know, to stand on biblical uh, principles and, and fight against tyranny. And, and, you know, and I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> like, I'm ready. Let's do this. So uh, yeah, we, yeah, we had two guys that day make make decisions that that they would be, you know, ready to be court-martialed if that's what it took. Like they weren't even going to submit an accommodation request. They were just ready to 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 fight all the way there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's powerful. But the other thing I would say, too, that's just in, encouraging is the tremendous opportunity um, this has given me and so many in the military to share the gospel. Yeah. Because we go back to, you know, people say, why, you know, you have, you know, for me, 19 years in the service, why would you give up a retirement? Why would you give up those benefits over this? And and the answer is because, because of my faith, because yeah. of my relationship with Christ, I, I have to do this. And we're seeing a lot of guys who got the vaccine, didn't understand the issues, either, you know, maybe they were Christians or, or maybe they weren't, but now there's no way they're going to get the booster. Right. And and they're not going to they're not going to just sit down for that because now they've seen it. So, you know, that has been tremendously encouraging. And I do think when when Christian men and women take stands like this, the world sees a difference in us when we're willing to do this, when we're willing to make these sacrifices. You know, and we've seen that. I mean, that's church history. Persecution um, brings out tremendous opportunity for revival. So Absolutely. that's been an awesome part of this. Right. Praise God. You were going to say something, Joy, I think. Oh, I was just, I guess I hadn't really thought about the boosters. So you, I mean, I just didn't think about yeah. <laughs> like being locked in to continuing to have to, to, I mean, be, get shots over and over and over again. Um, and I mean, I guess in a way, like you said, it's helped some people kind of, um maybe wake up a little bit to the grand scheme of things but um how does that like what's if you refuse a booster so like if you get your first two you're good and not going to be discharged but what happens if you deny the booster yeah so no the no branch of the military has mandated the boosters yet but what the, the navy the navy leads the, the way on this stuff on this vaccine the navy has really led the way so what they'll do is they'll say okay but if if you don't get the booster they'll do all the same things they did for the vaccine originally if you don't get the booster you can't leave the ship mm-hmm. if you don't get the booster you can't travel if you don't get the booster you can't do this you can't do that so they make it all but impossible um, for for folks to to say no um, and then the pressure is just tremendous. The threats are tremendous. So, so that's where you see is there are guys that have, you know, stepped up and joined us in this fight and then are looking to say, okay, I want to submit a religious combination now. Cause I didn't know, I didn't understand this before. And now that I'm being asked to get the booster, now I see it. So I do see that coming as well. So even though the boosters are not technically mandated, um, we expect them to be at some point in the near future, um, and again, I see that as an issue that's just gonna that's just gonna be out there for for everybody that's there. Do we have anybody? Um, I, I may have missed this. Do we have anybody that got the first vaccine and then were like, "I'm not gonna get the second one," and are are in that position? Um, I have, I have, yes, we do. We have at least one. Okay. One had an adverse reaction to it. Um, and so, yeah, we do have one. Absolutely. Okay. So it's the same thing though. They're facing the same, right. the same consequences. Same issues. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And, 
And all that, all that to say, there's still not FDA approved, right? Actual in compliance with what the law requires vaccine available for any military member yet. And yeah. we track that all the time. We track batch numbers. And so, you know, DOD, DOJ had to admit that in the Florida case. Yep. I saw that. It's crazy. I mean, so that, that's just, and that isn't even the primary issue to me. The primary issue is, is the religious freedom issue, but all that is a background to say they still have not provided an yeah. FDA approved vaccine for military members. Well, that's, that's huge. And that's really important because I think, uh, that's gonna. That's kind of getting swept, you know, under the rug. Is a lot. That has to be a requirement for all these vaccines these guys have gotten, and you know that's a major concern for these guys. They're like, I, this isn't FDA approved. Um, you know, obviously it's causing adverse reactions. Um, yeah, that's 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 a huge point that I, you know you're not really hearing a lot of people talk about. People are hesitant because it's nuanced. Because they're like, well, the FDA said it was approved. And it takes a lot of work because you have the only vaccine that is technically FDA approved and DOD admitted this in the Florida case is it has to be produced after the date of the FDA approval and it has to be produced at a BLA approved lab, meaning a lab where it meets all the specifications and there that vaccinate that vaccine is not being produced for any vaccine in the United States yet it's not being distributed in the United States yet and we're looking at batch numbers. And, and every military installation where this comes up, and we have yet to see a single batch that actually meets those requirements. Yeah. And, and one of the concerns is, what, what does that mean? Why are they hesitant to produce the vaccine here in the United States? And the answer is there has to be more transparency in adverse effects once they start producing the FDA-approved vaccines. Yeah. There's different tracking requirements that come in. So all that is a huge factor in all of this. But again, we're still asking the question how is this even a lawful order if you don't have an fda approved vaccine right. to provide to our clients and uh, yeah it's a foundational issue still right absolutely um and lawful order that's a good term for those watching that don't understand this the military members have the right to to question is this a lawful order um and that's essentially what you know that's what they were doing from the beginning to saying is this a lawful order and they're just saying ah pound sand <laughs> so yeah the, the 25 percent of people that are just sitting in limbo right now aren't just any 25 percent of the military they're 25 percent of the military that is a uh, that um is willing to question if an order yeah. is lawful or not yeah and it seems very it seems like you'd want uh just a military full of those type of people um you'd think so but uh so it's not it's not just like a a manpower loss like there is a there's like a principle like a sort of a i don't know like an integrity yeah. issue that we have sort of disarmed people who are actually saying like i want to make sure we're following the law and upholding the constitution because right. that's kind of the whole point yeah it's just straight up tyranny right i mean that is how tyrants work right it's hey shut up <laughs> And do as you're told. Yeah. We don't want to hear what you have to say. Right. And if you do, well, we'll just kick you out. We'll fire we want to get rid of you. If right. you're, yeah, if you're going to kind of question things, we don't, we actually want you to be gone. Because yeah. yeah. then we just have a nice group that will we'll listen to what Comply. we say. Yeah. Yeah. They'll just lay down and let us walk all over them and just 
continue our reign of terror and oppression and exactly you know because right. i'm not i hate conspiracy and you know we throw around tyranny and all sorts of like things like that and def defining our government but that is textbook tyranny <laughs> i mean to oh, yeah. sub subject a people and when they say wait a second this is what the law says we can't do that they're like oh you know what you don't like it you can get out you know mm. it's horrible that's a readiness issue though too though i will say that's a readiness issue because our military has a long tradition of non-commissioned officers and junior officers being given autonomy to be effective mm. based on the changing environment and not be you know punished or executed for decisions they make on on the battlefield so you know if you look at at the, the american military history and tradition one of the things you learn as an officer is that that level of autonomy that's appropriate we want our ncos we want our officers to think for themselves and to be effective in changing operational environments you know not not like the german army at the end of world war ii where they they couldn't wake hitler up from a nap to release the tanks like the, the american military is operating on principles we're going to allow people to do their jobs well mm. and if as that changes over time you you can absolutely see and you know my clients these guys were talking to that's a big concern they have because they're seeing bureaucracy bureaucrats and politicians take over um and having some some pretty disastrous consequences when that's the driving force rather than doing the right thing doing it well and having the autonomy to do your job in the military mm. That's an excellent point. Um, I'm just curious, Davis, what has been for you? Um, I know what it's been for us, but for you, what is what has been the feedback you're getting uh, since you kind of went public with this back in was that September, I think? Um, what's that been like for you? You know, honestly, I, I have had very little negative feedback. Okay. Um, and that's been that's been fascinating. You know, you just don't know when you go public with stuff like yeah. this, even though I'm, I'm representing these clients in my private capacity, not as a military officer, because I'm a reservist, I, I can do that. You, you just don't know my immediate leadership, they have been supportive um, of me. Um, and I hear more, you know, this is a fight that needs to be had, you're, you're doing the right things, um, than I do anything negative. So I, you know, I praise God for that. It's this weird balance of getting you know, some, sometimes as many as 20 phone calls or emails a day from military members wow. that are desperate to help and we can't help them all. Right. Um, and, but then it's also encouraging to know that the word is getting out there. These people are standing strong. So we're doing everything we can with stand with warriors to, to connect them. And at least they know you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. People are praying for you. People are fighting for you. So we just need to be able to keep that up. We need to keep getting the message out. So people know. Man, that's awesome to hear. I'm, I'm encouraged. I, I I have a thought on that. I was gonna say, um, that I think what's important is that I think these two cases that are out there right now are are super pivotal because even though they're only representing a small number of guys, like the judgments will have ramifications military wide, right? That's right. Yeah. So that's, that's why right. that's why this is so important. Um, but it, going back to what you were just talking about, I've been saying this for a while because. We basically get like, I would say three types of uh, response, not just to this, but you know, just really since COVID has hit in general. You know, you get the people that um, are mad at you. <laughs> you get the people um, that are super encouraging. You know, which I would say the majority of the response we've gotten is is very encouraging. You know, then you get the people that are just kind of like questioning but they're kind of like you know in the middle like trying to understand or whatever and um and so praise god the majority has been positive and i think uh and this is going to go back to to our trip to scotland 
I don't know if I we told you this, Dave. We had done a we had done a Covenanter tour in Edinburgh, Scotland. Like in myself and Pastor Zach or Pastor Jeff, literally were standing in front of um, John Knox's church. Like we just did this tour. It was completely life changing, and we're like, "What is God preparing us for?" And then COVID hit like the next week. Like it was the point where we're like, I don't even know if we're going to get home, like because everything's shutting down and all that. And uh, and so, you know, that inspired us. But I've been saying this really since then is people just need someone to lead. They just need people with courage, you know, to say like, no, that's not right. We're going to do the right thing. And and overall, people are are responding well to that because they've they've been lacking someone leading with courage, um, you know, and that's something you're doing. You're doing the same thing um and so i'm I'm super thankful and encouraged by that um but i was just gonna say the uh the people that are kind of the people that are angry it's like whatever <laughs> just have a nice day you know but the people that are kind of in the middle where you know they're questioning like well, why are you doing this and you know they want to have a discussion or whatever um but they're you know typically lean more towards the the negative but they're still at least wanting a dialogue and you know we've been saying like look our nation wouldn't exist if it wasn't for people taking a stand for religious freedom. You know, the, the covenanters and the Puritans that came over here is because they wanted to, to have freedom to, to, uh, you know, worship God as intended without the government interfering. Um, and one of my, one of my favorite quotes I use all the time, I actually got this from, uh, Lautenschlager and I apologize because the camera's over here, but like Davis's face is over here. So I keep looking at Davis's face. Um, uh, I got this from Lautenschlager and he said uh, basically that, you know, the, the men that founded our nation were willing to lie face down in the mud. Um, and so that generations after could walk across their backs in freedom. And I, I love that. And that's something that's really inspired me to fight. And that's what, that's what our guys are doing. <clears throat> They're willing right. to like, like martyr their careers. They're willing to lay down. I mean, these are guys that literally will lay down in the mud, <laughs> like, you know, and let people walk across their backs. Um, and so I, that inspires me. And that's the kind of uh, spirit and mentality that our nation is lacking. We've gone way soft. I know Pastor Zach's favorite motto right now is get hard, stay hard. Yeah, we got yeah. that from the, from the seals. And, uh, it's, but it's true. And we've been trying to, We've been trying to like live that out, not just not just say it, but like actually live it out. So, any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I was just thinking if we're not willing to lay down in the mud and uh, do the tough stuff of confronting tyrants, then there's no bridge to freedom, right? There's no bridge. There's nobody there to actually provide the way towards a more freer nation and society. And then we'll just get further down the road and into an oppression like Davis was just kind of alluding to. Uh, we've got to do it you know, because people are so deceived in, into thinking that compliance is the bridge towards the right. life that they want. Mm -hmm. And that is just the greatest deception mm -hmm. you could ever believe. Mm. So it just means we have to do the right thing and speak out and support the leaders that are actually doing that and be leaders our, ourselves. That's the path. But it's not a lot of times, as you see in, in uh, history, it's it gets worse before it gets better. Yeah, because you got to take some bullets. You got to take some flack. You have to. You know, take, you know, when you swing at a, a tyrant, he'll swing back, of course. So you have to take those big swings and be willing to um, absorb them for your posterity and for your neighbor. We just, we have to do it. Amen. Right. 
Um, I've actually been, and I think I got Pastor Zach in the same rabbit hole, but since meeting with these guys in Virginia, it's actually Pastor Jeff's fault, but uh, we have kind of got sucked into this rabbit hole of interviews with Navy SEALs. <laughs> there's there's so many good ones that are on YouTube that are like five and a half hours long. And so mm. we, I just like, I've gotten just like, just pulled into this rabbit hole, but it's inspired me. It's, inc- you know, it's just like, we need that. Like we need, we move We actually have had like been telling some of our men, like watch some of these things. You, you know, you want to know what it's like to be a man, like watch some of these interviews. I think I've watched Bud's two thirty four documentary about six times. I was just watching it last night. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just had, I had Omicron. We all had it back, well, like a month ago or so, and I sat there for like three days and just watched it again, and I love it. And, uh, but yeah, so I don't know why I said that, but well, I think it's because men need to learn how to be men. Yeah, you know what's going to change only have it happens on the back of Christian men actually assuming their roles as Christian men, Um, not having their manhood defined by culture or anybody else, even. Uh, authorities within the church can redefine it and biblical men are violent men we're Mm. we're not supposed to be rabbits uh we're (laughs) supposed to be um i stole that from jordan peterson i was just listening oh a rabbit is is somebody who gets eaten up we're supposed to be people who are strong okay and hard i'm with you and tough um you know the scripture talks about violent men taking things by force now violent not violent in the sense of self you know self selfishness i'm just violent to I'm violent to get my own will. You know, I'm violent to just promote myself. Yeah. I'm actually hard and strong in the defense of my neighbor and love for God. Yeah. That's the type of men our Christian men in our nation need to become because this tyrant of a government is just going to continue to roll over us until we as Christian men can rise up and push back and hopefully do it more in the majority than just a small minority. Yeah. So true. We we talked about this a little bit last week, um, but like, Men are created. I'm sorry, Joy, because you're the only woman here, but um, okay. you can jump anytime you want. Okay. Here. Um, but, uh, you know, men were created by God to want to fight. And it doesn't mean like fist fight and stab people, you know, sometimes, but sometimes <laughs> if it's necessary, but uh, or for pretend even or pretend <laughs> we want to wrestle, right? Like we, that's guys just want to wrestle. And I was saying this last week, like my son is nine months old now and he already like he just he just likes to just dig into me and like burrow his head in me and just wrestle at nine months you know and i have two older girls they were nothing like that and uh and so i just let him i'm like this you know let him wrestle and roll around and if he you know flips over and gets hurt we'll just pick him up brush him off let him go back to it you know and like and, and that's been one of my prayers is for him that he would just be tough and and uh you know want to want to fight and and that God would use him, you know, and give him a voice and, and be strong and stuff like that. But that's our our culture is just missing that. It is, you know, in three three main descriptions in scripture for Christians and men, you know, soldiers, farmers and athletes. You know, we want to plant, we want to compete and we want to fight. But thank God for a godly father like you that cultivates that kind of soldier's mentality within his son. And that's what we need to do as Christian leaders and fathers is cultivate that Christian, or sorry, that soldier's mentality. So yeah. we're, they're fighting the good fights. Yeah, you know, the fight for the Lord. They're fighting for their country. They're fighting for their marriage. They're fighting for their neighbors. Because we'll just fight for ourselves, right? We'll end up fighting for the enemy's pursuits. You know, if we're not guided by strong right. Christian men that are saying, "No, this is the good fight," right. and it's defined 
by the scriptures and the orders are given to us by our captain in mm. Christ. So it's it's essential. Amen. Anything else you want to add to that, woman? <laughs> All very good. I feel like I would, we don't, there's not enough time left in this no. episode. No, um, but, but yes, it's all very yeah. good. And um, I mean, you guys say the same thing on theologians, right? Essentially, yeah. I mean, I feminism like, is poison. Uh, it's because there's right. not strong men. Yes, yeah. I mean that's uh, in an attempt to not lengthen this episode by forty five minutes. Yeah. I'll just go ahead and say this is the evil work of feminism, which has yeah. feminized uh, men in the name of tolerance. Um, but really, it's just women wanting authority, which yeah. is... goes back to the garden. Yeah. Well, it weakens a nation is what it does. I mean, it's one of the very, you know, sources of weakness within our nation that weakens everybody, especially men. Um, and then people can walk all over us. So they can do whatever they want. I mean, I'm just right. going to quickly refer to Putin. Putin or Putin? Putin. Putin on the roots. Putin. P-dog. Right, so P-dog. He... <laughs> I mean, now he's in a situation where he just decides to walk right into Ukraine yeah. and kill people and do whatever he's doing to um, extend, I think, their territory. Um, but he, what do we have? Who do we have running our nation? An incredibly weak leader mm-hmm. um, who's weakening us and weakening our military. Why not? Why not do that? Um, so it takes uh, strong men and strong leaders to push back those type of people. But I think just putting the pieces together yeah. you know all of the I- yeah. ideological undergirdings of feminism and everything else right. has weakened us to a place to where that kind of stuff can happen well and we've you know we've vilified like you said you use the word violence like we've vilified that sort of rough physical pain type thing um because it makes i mean it makes women being in control seem nicer yeah but i mean <laughs> we know that there's been plenty of violence at the hand of feminism mm. uh, to the tune of millions and millions and tens of millions of unborn babies. Yep. It's just been, it's just been ni- neatly wrapped up behind doors, which is incidentally how women usually commit violence. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, there is there, ba- what I'm saying is there's, there's a way to justly enforce and be violent as it were. And then there's a way that's uh unjust and yeah. wicked amen and i got somebody in the chat channel telling everyone to go watch some other guy named james white mm-hmm. i don't know what the heck's oh, up with that yeah. hey quit t- quit stealing our listeners dylan <laughs> um <laughs> just kidding james is an okay guy um real sam is is right he says scary that james white predicted every geopolitical course of action of the last year yeah that is absolutely right exactly yeah. right but still, keep watching our show. Uh, yeah. We're almost done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I was gonna say something else, and that threw me off. I completely forgot what it was. Um, um, Davis, where can people go um, to help support? Oh, Jeff just landed. Apologia Studios just told us I just landed, so I'm assuming that's Pastor Jeff. Um, <laughs> but Davis, where can people go to to support and help with what you're doing? Standwithwarriors.org. That's really the, the best place to go, the best place to support. What we're doing there is we are we are trying to get the message out to military members. We're pushing people to get involved in, in, in contacting Congress. And then we're using those resources and the information to get there. And we're pushing people into 
the right litigation. And we're going to keep looking at how to get more military members connected with these federal lawsuits. We have a lot of guys that are connected already with different pieces of this litigation. So we're just working on that big picture strategy, but it's standwithwarriors.org. That's the place to start for sure. Right on. Thanks, man. Yeah. You guys, please go if you're at all interested in helping support. Uh, it's not, it's not free <laughs> to, to, to support these guys. And I mean, I can't tell you, I believe me, I wish these guys, I wish you could hear them and, you know, hear their stories and, but they're not, they're not the type of people that need or want the limelight. They don't want their faces and their names out there. They just want to do what needs to be done in the dark. That's what they're good at, mm -hmm. which again, I learned the hard way. Somebody, if you're listening, um, and, uh, Zach knows what I'm talking about. That's very cryptic. Uh, Zach, Zach knows what I'm talking about. Um, and, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you after, after we get off air. Um, but, uh, I wish you could hear these guys, man. I mean, just, I can't tell you how amazing these men are. They love Jesus. Uh, they're all about Christ and the gospel and expanding God's kingdom. And they just see what they're doing as a part of that. And so please, please, uh, support, support them. If, if you feel led to do so. Um, and, uh, Jeff just said that you look like an old Puritan davis he does <laughs> i'll take I that as a high compliment it. i love it i love it um all right well i know we actually are supposed to have done a started a uh zoom call update call with uh staying with warriors 12 minutes ago so i'm gonna let you get off davis and then i'll close right. the show off and i will see you again in about two minutes anything right, else thank joy you. thank you joy yep. the girl pastor zach i'm good He's good. All right. Well, thank you. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Jeff just said you look like a homeless man. Zach. Zach does. He gets the Puritan. I get the homeless man. Yeah, that's okay. You know what they say about paybacks, though? Yeah. 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 Uh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, thank you, everyone, again, um, just for uh, – yes, the rally's still happening in Colorado. I mentioned that at the beginning. Um just because it didn't get pass last night doesn't mean we're done. Um, still having the rally. Um, so th again, you guys can support that in abortion now. Please support the work we're doing alongside with Action for Life to end abortion in our nation. Um, thank you to everyone who supports uh, Apology Studios through all access. You literally turn the lights on, just like uh, Davis was saying, uh, or we were saying about Davis and Tale of the Warriors. That's not free. Neither is what we do. So thank you for your support. You make it happen. And I think that I am out of things to say. So I forgot my outro music. Sorry. We're just going to end this awkwardly. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week. Actually, Pastor Jeff will be gone again next week. He'll be in at, the Cal at the South Carolina rally. I can't even get my states straight, which is a good thing. Um, so we'll be back next week. I may have you back on. We're going to be talking with... Um, Hopefully, Jer uh, the plan is to talk, talk with Jeremy Stallnecker from Mighty Oaks. Um, so, anyways, we'll see you all next week. Peace out.